You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'll get you next time, Gadget. But for now, I'm listening to How to Kill an Hour. Serious? So this is How to Kill an Hour. My name is Marcus Bronzy. My name is Funk Butcher. There's plenty of ways to kill some time out there. Thank you for killing some time with us in advance. Don't forget, you can check out everything we do, How to Kill an Hour style, at our website, which is Funk. HowToKillanHour.com. Simple. We didn't make it hard for you, did we? Just say it again. Yeah, go on. HowToKillanHour.com. That's right. Now, um, today, we have got a guest <laughs> in the house who is extremely funny. Please introduce yourself to our listeners. Hello listeners, I am the extremely funny and uh, modest Dane Baptiste, comedian, uh, writer, occasional actor and uh, sentient being, uh, enjoying enjoying life subjectively as a part of a collective consciousness, you know, just like the rest of you. <laughs> <laughs> that intro was amazing, you know, yeah, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. That's it, man. I, I try not to yeah, focus too much on titles and, and all this stuff. So energy's all dynamic. Yeah. I've been, I've been here before in, in a previous life. I'm back again, experiencing life subjectively. What do you think you were in a previous life? I, I don't know. I, I mean, energy can't be created or destroyed. So I like to think that I was I was a nice person. I don't. Yeah. I, I try not to overthink it or, or try and. <laughs> I mean, think about landing tight on it. I just feel like at least if if this if this incarnation of my life is as human, then I like to think I was either a nice animal or yeah, or a pre- relatively benevolent virus. I don't know. You wasn't. You, you wasn't a despot in your. I, I feel like I wasn't a despot. <laughs> I, I feel like I wasn't a despot. But it's just. Um, I remember. Um, a guy that said, no one's universally loved and you're no one's universally hated. Yeah. So I might have been in it, but some people were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. those are the days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Around the dungeons would be like, oh, I miss him. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's universal opinion that animals are, are cute. And I was um, talking to a friend uh, the other day about Watership Down. And that film used to scare me. Yeah. Was, Yo, I, don't, I don't like rabbits anymore. Yeah, I actually don't. They were scary. Yeah, they were yeah. scary. And well, there's like Animal Farm as well. I, but I suppose animals... When they're being, uh, uh, I guess, malevolent, they're, they're mimicking humans. Yeah. Like Scar in The Lion King. Yeah, yeah. Like he's yeah. being jealous, like he's like, or, or like, um, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, what's that other film as well? Um, I don't know. There's one of them owl films, right? That was yeah. another thing when they were just doing all the animals. But people, I think people think mammals are cute. Yeah. People have a thing whereby like, we, because obviously that's, I guess, our cl- insofar as the animal kingdom, yeah. we have a close link to other mammals. Yeah. So like, you know, dogs and like yeah. gerbils and those stuff are all fluffy and cute, whereas people... It's very rarely people will say that lizards are cute. Yeah. But then I know a few people who be like, I've got a pet lizard, or I've got a pet snake. And I'd be like, 
Because that doesn't even know you're there. Like, it just, if, you, if, you, if you disappear tomorrow, and they're like, no, of course he yeah. knows me and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, oh, I'm not too sure, man. Yeah. It's, like, it's like cats don't really care about people, I don't think. I yeah. think they hate us. They do. I think they hate us. Yeah, I think they have ultimate disdain for us. Do you like, know, as a good point, a reason I think cats hate human beings, because obviously you're talking about previous lives. Yeah. So you know, like, in like Egyptian culture like, yeah. you know, like cat-headed gods and you see cats they, in the were, revered, yeah. they yeah. were revered yeah. and I think you know they say like obviously that kind of sentiment can be passed on like transgenerationally yeah. so I think cats have like an inbuilt thing in their DNA they realise that they were royalty yeah. yeah. so they kind of carry themselves in that way they, they just miss the good times yeah they miss the good times yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, obviously, yeah. And, all, and all cats are they're just like lions and tigers and stuff which are, we all uh, respect as like apex predators and like being majestic and it's just cats are just like it's just a tiger that's too small to eat you innit so <laughs> it, just, it just tolerates you it just tolerates once, once a cat gets to a certain height it's coming for you man so you got cats are basically lions with small people syndrome that's yeah. what they yeah, are yeah exactly yeah. so they even yeah because yeah, you see most of the time lions are just chilling and with the same because it's like comes down to it I'll just eat you and it wouldn't, even, <laughs> it wouldn't be hype it wouldn't be hype yeah. <laughs> Because yeah, you know you can hear lions roar from like a mile away. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I think sometimes when you see them on TV, I don't think people realize how big some of these animals are. Because like, yeah. remember, a tiger can do everything a cat can do. Because you see, you see a cat hop a fence. You're yeah. like, wow, that's pretty agile. Like, they can do that as well. Yeah, like, yeah, they climb yeah. trees calmly, and they like even leopards. Like, people understand leopards. They're as mad as predators as lions. Yeah. And they carry you into a tree as well. Yeah. And most of, and then the thing is also even worse is that they don't. Because when you see like lion stuff attacking people, you think they're like biting them and trying to pierce their flesh. They don't do that, you know. What they all they're doing. They crush a windpipe, innit? So that's the, 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 that's the thing. It's not the sharpness of the claws. It's the strength of their mandible, their jaw. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's why sometimes they can like even do a little bit of pressure and like carry their cubs. But what they do when they apply real pressure, they just cut off your air supply. That's why you see them antelopes. They pass out because they're not wasting any meat, innit? It's like a feline version of UFC. They've yeah, yeah. They, just, <laughs> they put you in a chokehold. So when you, you know what? The thing is, so, you pass, so when you pass out, then it's like, yeah, so then there's just enough meat for everybody. Yeah. And they say the reason why cats, yeah, you know sometimes when you first get a cat, and sometimes you'll wake up and they'll be like, be like a dead bird in the house. Or like, yeah, the yeah. reason they do that is they say it's because they think you're too dumb to hunt for yourself. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, here you go. This is how it's done. Really? So if, <laughs> if, if one of those owners have no food in the fridge, this is your cat basically saying, look, yeah, I've, yeah. Done, I've done the weekly shop. This is it. This yeah. is it. That's taken care of yeah. because you're obviously too dumb to do it yourself, isn't it? Exactly. That's why, because you know cats always look at you like you're embarrassing. They do, yeah, they do. They always, right? they always yeah. look at you like you're If you think about dogs, yeah, it's like, let's go for a walk. Like, yeah, let's go, go for a walk together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ask a cat to go for a walk. Nah. It will yeah. look at you like you're. <laughs> <laughs> imagine, imagine a cat shows up with the other cats. You know when cats like jam by like the train stations and have the little hangouts in there? Yeah. Imagine a cat shows up. With a human being, like, hello everybody. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, Yo, "What you doing, this idiot? Who can't even hunt for himself? Like, can't even wash himself with his head. Can't even. Wa- it's crazy. Like, yeah, cats. They definitely don't. They don't care about people. And also, another thing about cats. Yeah, do you know Tom and Jerry and stuff? Yeah, yeah. This is a big lie that we have. To, like cartoons and stuff. Stop telling kids because it's almost like there's like a chain where it's like mouse. Yeah. Then cat. Yeah. Then then dog. Yeah. Dogs don't beat up no cats, you know. Yeah. Those are, like you see, because uh, Tom used to get beat up by the bulldog. But I'm telling you, like you see a cat and a dog when they live together, the cat is not afraid of that dog. Mm. Like, oh yeah, they don't, they're not scared of dogs. They'll just slap it on his paw one time. Like cat, think about it, like you never see like normally you see cats in like cartoons and stuff. Cats are always running from dogs when they're running from dogs. But like in a normal house, if someone's got a cat and a dog, that cat is not scared at all. He'll go lie on the dog's head, jam inside <laughs> of the dog. Like dogs don't, don't say anything, and, if dog, and then you know, dogs are all curious. They say you check it out their nose. Cats just slap it on his face one time. Yeah. They don't care. I think there's only one type of cat moment that I enjoy watching because I feel like we get a little bit of revenge. It's when we see a cat fall over. Have you ever seen a cat <laughs> yeah. drop a little bit yeah. or try and do a, like, a, a nice manoeuvre from fence to fence edge and they drop and they go... Yeah, yeah. And they, go, <laughs> they drop a little bit. And we look up at you like, 
Did you see that? And I'm yeah. like, yeah, you laugh. bitch. <laughs> I laugh. I try to, not too much. Not, not too much though. Because that's another thing cats do. Like, see a dog. They all they all squash the beef with you there and then. Like dogs yeah. have more of an unsight mentality when it comes to austerities, whereas a cat will you laugh at a cat and will allow it for like yeah, yeah. weeks. Weeks. And then next thing you know, it's like you're running for like, you know, the phone, come at the shower, something like that, you trip and the cat just <laughs> just cross like the door's just ajar in it, the cat just walks past. It's, it's like sprinkles, help me. My, my ankle. They're very intelligent animals though. Yes, yes. Well, I, I, it's obvious to you listening right now. Dane's a very funny guy, and and comedian comedy is definitely something you do. Can we play a little clip of yeah. some of your comedy, please? This is you. This is you talking about Fifty Shades of Grey. Here is Fifty Shades of Grey, a bridge by Dane Baptiste. Hi, I'm a pretty naive American young girl who doesn't know about sex, even though I have access to the internet, and my friends are journalists. <laughs> Mr. Gray, you seem so mysterious and rich. Can I interview you? That's right, baby. I am mysterious and I'm rich as hell. Can I put a pineapple in your ass? (laughs) Now, so that's just like a taste of one of the sides that you bring to yourself uh, when you're doing comedy. In fact, let's let's be honest with the listener. Do you want to share where where that was from? Yeah, that was from, uh, I did uh, Live at the Apollo. Uh, yeah, last year uh, I was able to host Live the Apollo, which was a uh, massive opportunity and a milestone for my career. Because obviously, mm-hmm. as a comic growing up in the UK, you watch Live at the Apollo and you see some of your uh, idols and the greats going on there. So being able to host was yeah, it was amazing. And uh, yeah, to do the Apollo, man, it's, it's a it's a big room, man. And uh, yeah, but it, being able to introduce acts was, was amazing. So. Do you mind breaking it down from a layman perspective? What is the trajectory for a comic like? I mean, it can it can always vary, but I'd say uh, the most, I guess, the most uh, the quintessential journey is like you mm-hmm. kind of start off doing open mic where you'd be performing in like above like pubs and okay. like just like little basements and stuff, and just anywhere there's a space and a microphone, and you kind of just kind of learn your act there. And I suppose like in, it's very similar to a musician's journey in that like when you first start, you're going to be playing open mic and you'll be playing like. Uh, and you'll have like your, your single yeah. that people know you for so in the same way in comedy you have like your five minutes and that's what you normally do and as you c- continue to like I guess refine and get your act and you perform more often then if you're doing well then you'll um, be performing ten minutes mm. and you'll do that with a view to be doing then you become like the open spot so you'll end up on a professional night where it's all pro comics and you'll get like a little audition bit in there for like ten minutes where you're proving that you can get into regular rotation yeah. and then you're kind of working up to doing the 20 and I guess most comedy nights work like a relay where like you'll have like Pretty much like the kind of like the second strongest act will open and you'll have the less experienced acts in the middle. And then obviously the, the the headliner brings it home, just like with a relay. And it's like, so it's very similar. So you're kind of working towards, yeah, just being the fastest one in the relay. So you, you'll be the open, doing the opening 20. And then, yeah, uh, if it all goes well, after some time, you end up being headlining in clubs. And um, yeah, and then I guess, and then for most in the UK, I guess the path is you'll go to like Edinburgh or you'll start doing comedy competitions and then go to the comedy festival mm-hmm. uh, where you'll find a lot of industry there. And yeah, if it goes well, you end up doing TV work and yeah, and then that whole feeds into you touring and becoming like a touring act and performing live comedy. Um, but it's changed since then, I suppose, like, because that before, like, when, by the time you get to the Live of the Apollo, then it would always be like, that was like, you clocked the game. So yeah. far as like, mm. like performing in the mm. UK, because then it's like... The credits roll. Yeah, the credits yeah. roll, yeah, so yeah. you're in there, so... Whereas now, obviously, like we're in a digital era now, and obviously, technology with all uh, as- takes a part in all aspects of media. So you can basically realize that from being online and stuff, and mm-hmm. they have to factor in uh, other things as well. So it's not just a question of if you've done all the clubs and if you whether or not you've uh, been in all the pubs and stuff. So mm-hmm. now it's like if you have a ma- massive following, then you can kind of uh, 
yeah, reached that point the same way. But I think in all cases, comedy is definitely something whether you kind of realize your profile online like some acts or you do the uh, circuit, um, you still have to kind of hone your craft and learn how to perform live. And yeah. a large part of it is not necessarily like you making jokes and people laughing. It's just how you can deal with like a room where people don't know who you are and don't have a context for who you are yeah. and what happens when people don't laugh. Mm. I think yeah, a lot of the time people say, like, what happens if you, what if the audience doesn't laugh as well? It's a big part of it. I yeah. think it's, it's any time it's like if you learn to ride a horse, you fall off. You, yeah. you still got to get back on and of continue course. learning. So yeah, it's any sport, like uh, any kind of, uh, yeah, I guess, vocation that you enjoy doing or any hobby, like there's going to be drawbacks, but it's how yeah. you become a better person anyway. So um, yeah, I guess it took me about five years to end up hosting Lively Apollo. And uh, yeah, and every single experience kind of contributed towards that. Mm-hmm. So, so Because it's like you're performing not just for that audience in the Apollo, but it's also for the cameras and for people at home yeah. as well. So all part of the experience that's a relatively short <laughs> journey you just said five years to get to the to Apollo I well, know there's a there's a lot you know, I say good. five well, yeah, good but I say five yeah. years from I guess my debut show when the first time I did an Ed, Edinburgh show but I'd say uh, yeah, my, oh, my cumulative comedy career would be about eight seven years it got me to take to, go, to get there okay so, so so you started with a bit of life experience and do you think that's yeah, helped yeah. to shape your kind oh, of massively, angle of comedy yeah. massively yeah I, I, uh, I found the idea because I was working in sales and stuff before I did uh, comedy but I found it massively rewarding because I think uh, as I, my style of comedy is observational mm-hmm. and I think a big part of doing that effectively is spending uh, time on the other side of the microphone. So while I do like to broach like politics or like uh, race relations or like, you know, sexual politics and stuff as well, I try and do it from the perspective of someone that's sitting on the other side of the microphone and that I want, don't want to patronise people and I also don't want to like, yeah, and kind of like lie to people. But at the same time, I don't want to like put too much on people's shoulders and stuff because of the fact that like, they have to go to work and while like you know it's important for people to be involved in politics and all the mechanics that govern society at the same time you know everyone's got to go to work people got kids to feed and stuff and we'd all like to be able to be involved in the pine but you know yeah. people got mortgages and stuff to pay so I'm always mindful of that of not you know, making it too heavy but always but at the same time always reminding people that before their job and before their family obligations they are still human beings and you still have dreams and rather than taking out a loan on someone else's life and being like I've got a rose of family and project all my dreams onto my kids yeah it's like you know whatever society calls you you're still like i said being a consciousness and that's what i'm trying to reach just so people can think for themselves and if we all think for ourselves then we still can become a collective consciousness so that's the ultimate goal i'd say i find it very interesting that you <clears throat> you've pointed out that you see things from the other side of the microphone so you've been able to in a, in essence empathize with the audience that you're trying yeah. to relate to because you obviously have to gauge whether or not they have the competency to take the content that you're going to give them yeah for sure man and, and also and cause, also because like, I, I didn't ever think I'd ne- be able to do necessarily do comedy for a living because mm-hmm. I grew up watching like BET's Comic View and people like D.L. Hughley and then the first comics I saw when I was 15 I saw D.L. Hughley he mm-hmm. was headlining the show uh, Leo Muhammad who's on The Real McCoy and the opening and, and the middle act who's supposed to be like I said the week act was Russell Peters mm, that was like wow. yeah that was like yeah 97 or something like that. and now he's like the he's the most successful live comic in the world mm-hmm. he tours a hell of a lot doesn't yeah, he yeah. so and we he might earns. not see him we might not see him yeah. on TV like you know a lot of people associate mm-hmm. the amount of content that you see online or on TV with someone's success but he is consistently touring yeah right? and he earns and actually he was one of the first comics to be on YouTube really yeah so he was one of the first comics to upload on YouTube and that's basically how he grew his audience because uh, what happened was that essentially like before, you know, people were able to monetize YouTube and stuff. And this is like way before I think even like Rupert Murdoch bought it and then sold it back to Google. So when YouTube was like early, like mm. still like bum fights and like crackheads pulling out their teeth for mm. like money. 
Because the server, forget that YouTube was, YouTube was, it was the Wild yeah, West yeah. for a long yeah. time. It was, it was, it was. It was. Yeah, so then, it was, so then, it was um, the World Star before World Star. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, it was. exactly. It was not safe for work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was, I was lying there, man. Um, Dave, what you looking at there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Some, uh, the spreadsheets. <laughs> 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 so I'm working on the Kimbo Slice uh, accounts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like, uh, so he um, was able to reach an audience like before, like streaming platforms had their level of prominence, so reach an audience, and um, yeah, and so he's one of the only comics that's been able to sell out in Mumbai and stuff, and uh, wow. and, and what I like to refer to like is like the like, like the brown part of the world, like you know he performs in the Middle East and mm. performs in like like the Indian subcontinent and mm-hmm. uh, like Australasia and stuff, and um, yeah, he and even so like he's even though he's not like I guess TV famous and necessarily a household name to like his audience. And to an audience that, yeah, don't normally get to consume comedy from the West, he's very big. And, like, even I, when I first saw him, he was talking about, like, one of his... Because he, he grew up in Toronto. And Toronto, very much, very similar to London or New York, the very large population of uh, Caribbeans and various ethnicities. And um, he's talking about his uh, friend's dad, who's from St. Vincent. And the fact that people from the small islands, they always confuse singular and plural. So he was saying that his, his, the guy's like, do you want, do you want to cooks? You, you want to cooks? You, you want to cooks? Four cook. And I was like, just like my dad. That's so true. My dad, so my dad used to be like, one of your children, take a sweets. It's actually singular that is sweet and not the time to correct him. But yeah. I was just like, it's, that I identify with it so much. And I think, yeah, that was a big part of his problem. So yeah, he was massively influential. Yeah. And like, you know, I, cause I've just come out from Dubai myself, man. And, um, you know, if you t- when you tell people you travel internationally, people are like, well, people understand what you're saying and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, you know, I guess that's one of the uh, privileges of being able to speak English as a first language. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, post-imperialism, you have most places people do speak English. Yeah. So, like, I was doing shows, you've got people from Yemen and Omani people in there as well. And so, like, for me, like I said, having that influence and, and just being able to perform all over the world, like, it was, a bit, I think it's a big part of my influence. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then obviously D.O. Hewley in terms of, like, being able to, like, just roast people in the audience and stuff. And I remember he was saying to me and my friends, he was, like, making fun of us and being like, I don't say too much now. You guys are kids. I probably get shot. And we were like, oh, I would never shoot. You're amazing. <laughs> this, is, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> uh, so I think, yeah, so it's just, yeah, see, that was just a massive influence. And then obviously even Leo Muhammad and then seeing them on The Real McCoy and then on my journey to come and actually meeting him. Yeah. And um, obviously, and yeah, he went from being uh, Leo Chester to, he converted to yeah, uh, Islam, yeah. now Leo Muhammad and stuff. But even him, I remember him being like, he had a joke when he, and as I say, this is like almost like 20 years ago. And I still remember he had a joke where he was kind of like, saying um, it's so funny that like this way people are where people see like a lost child and be like mm, nothing to do with me but they'll see a dog trying to be like oh, alright boy and I actually think that like my first five minutes I wrote for comedy was probably like a weird Frankenstein's monster of all of those shows that I yeah, saw yeah. and um, and I think yeah so you I think when you start off you definitely have an homage to like the people you admire and I think in that same year I just became massively into stand up after seeing that and then my friend's mum, friend Al, and his mum brought back uh, Bigger and Blacker mm-hmm. on cassette yep. and uh, Voodoo Child by Eddie Griffin. Wow. And I remember listening to those like over that summer and I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do in my life. But it just, I just didn't know how to pursue it. I didn't yeah. really come from a, a family with a theatrical background and stuff. And so, and I grew up in Lucian, so everyone else was, everyone else just wanted to spit jungle and like, or, or rap. <laughs> or, or, be a, or be a footballer. Yeah, so it wasn't, yeah, there was no really yeah. like, I want to be a comedian. So, yeah. um, so how have you prepared for it? Um, so in terms of being a comic now mm-hmm. just um, so I just think like before I want to make a decision I think you procrastinate a lot before you do take the plunge in terms of chasing a dream mm-hmm. but um, I just basically like I said I like, looked at my predecessors and I was like what they've done has been amazing it's influenced me but I just always felt like I can't do what they, they've done so 
Like even if I was going to discuss race relations, I was like, well, Chris, I've seen Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle do it mm-hmm. so well that I have to have a different angle. Yeah, and I and I and so for me it was like, and also being from the UK, I was aware that the experience of diaspora here is very different to yes, the states. Yes, but by the same token, like, I I wanted to do a lot of research and stuff because for me it was like, if I'm ever going to begin a premise by saying black people do this, then I want to research every part of the diaspora. So it's not enough of knowing about like you know, second or third generation black Britons. And I have to know about, obviously, if I have to know about West Africans, you need to know a lot about West Africans mm-hmm. or people from the Horn of Africa. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and just, and then for me, like my, probably my experience, like for example, just for that is like my experience in growing up in London is that most people I deal with have been West African and predominantly from either Ghana or Nigeria. Mm-hmm. But then went to university in Bradford, that's how the London. So I'm very far away from the biggest kind of hub of most like third generation African yep. immigrants. Yep. But the guys from there are from like Tanzania yeah. and from Kenya and from Burundi, mm-hmm. which you don't normally see yeah. in London. So yeah. again, it was just it helped me to expand my horizons, and I wanted to always that to always be reflected in my set. And also because I went to uni so far, and I guess that was a part of transitional part of my life. So far outside of London, like I didn't want my narrative to be like, well, you know, this is these are the cultural indicators if you're a black person in London, because people, like I said, people are living in North, like living all the way in Bradford and yeah. Norwich and stuff. So it was always trying to be inclusive yeah. and also. Have and also have my uh, perspective if I'm discussing like you know English people and British people and mm-hmm. make sure that I'm aware of those nuances as well because I had friends who are like from North and people who live in Doncaster are very different to people yeah. who live in Brighton so there's a very big divide there yeah. and uh, obviously a North South divide as well yeah. yeah and so there was all these kind of little nuances that I wanted to research just so that everything I would talk about would have like that depth and have and wouldn't be like a lazy comparison and stuff so that's a big part of my preparation and trying to read a lot and. Uh, and just, yeah, just basically is a real process of unlearning where I was kind of like, I want to be able to look at stuff objectively outside of, I guess, the uh, ideas that are suggested to me. So mm-hmm. if I just discuss politics, I wanted to do it not along the bipartisan lands and be liberal leaning and make that declaration, but more because I just think most people don't really think like that. I don't mm-hmm. think most, I, I felt most people aren't that binary anyway. So some people will be labeled conservative, but I'd say for most people, again, who aren't of a certain political class or certain class in society, mm-hmm. they'll be liberal about some things and they'll be conservative about some yep. things. And I actually give most people in the like a developed country like the UK, for the most part, the benefit of the doubt that most of their stuff or their prejudices are motivated by fear mm-hmm. and most people want to be able to have, you know, a job which Brexit. they can earn. <coughs> well, yeah, Brexit, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> but, then, but then even at the same time, like something like Brexit is something for most people, it, if it, w- it wasn't necessarily a surprise. Yeah. It wasn't a surprise for me. And mm-hmm. I say that, you know, racism was kind of like grime. It was like early noughties. It kind of went underground for a bit. <laughs> so only, only, and only, only the real fans stuck with it. No, but you think about it, like, it, it, went, it, went, it went underground for a bit. Only the real fans stuck with it. And then like, obviously because of the internet, it made a comeback. And that's, and that's what I feel happened with like xenophobia and racism in this country. Like it, went, it went underground for a little bit. Like it was a bit quiet and then like, you know, kept it live on the internet and then it's just, it's just bust again it's, and it's back, in, it's back in fashion again. So racism was just played at the, 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 yeah, small, the small, small venues. The small venues. Okay, like, right. Outside of London, innit? If you want right. to get the real racism, you have to go outside of London, okay. go to a few like, yeah, a few backwater places and the satellite towns. Okay. That's where you can get a little good little bit of racism, like the real people that stuck with it and then, and then, yeah, season, yeah. And then a few movements started coming back. And then we have back to 95. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. <laughs> and, then and then little nostalgic raves. And, and if you think about it, most of the racism that we're seeing now is, is really, a lot of it's rooted in nostalgia. Like say back to 95 People are like Well we want to make America great again Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah People are like yeah. We want to go back to where it was yeah. Like so Yeah it's, Nostalgia is a big it's a, So and, and that's the thing It's like I suppose We're living in a time now Where people are There's a very big uh, Appetite for nostalgia mm-hmm. And by that token Like 
that's a big part of it. So mm. obviously the World Cup kind of brought back a lot of uh, pride again. Yep. Um, but like at least I guess we're on the right side of pride. But I think for a long time there's always that thin line between how far that uh, the uh, the flag goes. Yes. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. Even this summer, it's been interesting to see the uh, that um, for a long time the uh, St George's flag it became uh, synonymous with racism after mm. the Union Jack, mm-hmm. and it seems like now, obviously post World Cup, there seems to be a lot more about galvanizing people as opposed to dividing them. Um, but yeah, it's, but yeah, it's that kind of thing. Like, it's, it's paying attention to those, I guess, those cy- cycles and uh, those uh, almost like a sociological study, which I find really interesting. Yeah. But yeah, for the most part, it's, like I said, it's just things going in cycles. So like, I, I suppose there's not really any new ideas. And like even like 20 years ago when I was 95, like I said, it was when I first started getting into comedy and I was very much aware of racism then. So yeah, you got, I've almost got kind of a head start where some people are like, I can't, I can't believe some of the conservative things I hear on the internet. And I'm like, well, this used to be, st- well, before like grime was online, this used to be live. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you could get a live MC um, being racist and doing the PA before back yeah, in the day. So yeah. It's, yeah, so things have really, so yeah, a lot of things have changed, but a lot of things have stayed the same. Yeah, you've been quite active on Twitter recently talking about space though, I've seen. Yes, yeah, yeah. I was, um, because I was in D- Dubai when I was find, being, uh, finding out about the fact that uh, the Trump administration are trying to start a space force in order to kill their, <laughs> to, uh, combat their uh, enemies in space. And I was just like, this is, it's hilarious. It, it's, it's like, they had, they had that, it's called NASA, they had that already. So, I mean, y- you look at, I mean, on the one hand, for me, it's uh, the idea that why you have, you have a country whereby like, you're not even prepared to give people like a minimum wage or a living wage. Yeah. And the Flint, Michigan is a part of a developed country, which is like near Detroit mm-hmm. and have not had clean water for like the last three or four years. Um, obviously like a BP oil spill and and just the, the litany of financial problems, like opioid crisis, for example. Mm-hmm. So there's a litany of social problems that America has. So, so the idea is like, well, <laughs> but space. So, <laughs> so for me, I just, I just find it funny. So, I was, I, so rather than like stay morbid, it's just talking about the fact that like, if you think about it, like, you know, like yeah. Luke Skywalker, that's not an American name. And he has a beard and a hood. <laughs> and he's currently living in a cave. You know who else did that? Osama Bin Laden. Space Force. Yes. Let's find him. Let's find these Jedis. Let's find really these Jedis. Yeah. Oh, man. Yoda. That's got to be a Muslim name. Space Force. <laughs> like, so, so there's that kind of thing like, you know, John Luke Picard, Patrick Stewart is a gay do we really want gays in space? Do you want it to be called gays? Space Force. So, so yeah. It's, I, sometimes it's, it's just like, I, just, I like humour in this kind of thing and just yeah. like, yeah, playing with these trolls. Um, like he really watched Independence Day and was like, we need to do this in real life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or he probably watched, he probably watched Deep Impact and was like, well, look what happened last time we had a black president and an asteroid hit the earth. <laughs> that won't happen with me. Space Force. <laughs> no more asteroids. <laughs> oh. You know, you said something that resonated real quick because of uh, something I heard about the other day about nothing being original mm. and Russell Peters. And I just found out the other day via YouTube that Russell Peters said he stole a joke from Gina Yashere yeah. um, a few years ago, admitted yes. to it. And and she's, I don't know her, her personal opinion right now. I, I need saw to this. Ask her. I saw she wasn't very happy. She yeah. is definitely not happy and she has been very vocal about it. So she's not yeah. shy about the fact that he stole it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Russell's been stolen from apparently by Trevor Noah. Is yeah. What he's claimed there's videos out there you can see Sway has a conversation and you can compare it what's it like at the moment because everything I presume you do on, on stage gets out there yeah. on the net at some point like mm-hmm. I found that clip yeah. that, you know it's on a BBC website yeah. you can find it out 
So what's it like with nicking in comedy now? Because I presume it's always happened, but how does it work now? Because yeah, that's the thing, because even yeah. as a record producer, yeah. Yeah. Is this, we've got sampling. So is mm. there... Is there a concept of sampling in I comedy? Think, I think you can. I think there is a concept, but it's it's just one of these things where, like, I, f- I feel. I mean, in in that particular case, it's like I don't even know why Russell wastes time complaining about it because it's just that's just karma, man. Like, what? So, like, of all the people that complain about Russell, possibly, uh, I mean, uh, Trevor plagiarizing your stuff, then you are the one person who can't complain about mm-hmm. it. But, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think yeah, there is. There's always going to be like you know. So the, the typical structure of a joke is that you have a premise mm-hmm. in terms of like like the what or the who or the where and then the setup in terms of like how you're going to do it and then the punchline. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of premises can be very similar. And so when people like say stuff like, have you noticed? Then a lot of the time we're always going to cover the same thing. And the best way, to, so it can happen. And normally the rule is like by the time someone, if someone does it on TV, then it's normally theirs because that's what's going to have the largest audience of people. Of course, oh, if this yeah. online. Right, so, right. so in the case of like my stuff online, the fact that it's online for me, I find that's fine. It's almost like that's your uh, that's like your security because now it's online. Yeah. That means that you have a, a record of it's like, your copyright. Yeah, it's your copyright. Yeah. And, also, and also, like we're in a data age where like you can record when it was uploaded, mm-hmm. when it was streamed the first time. Yeah. So there's always there's no all these analytics that can prove if you need to carbon date your material. Yeah. But I think for me, it's kind of I think a lot of people have very similar premises, and the only way you can say the best way to guarantee is that if you are always approaching something with your own perspective, then. You only can only you can think like you, so it's very hard for people mm. to. to uh, and then and also I guess artistically, then it's almost like for me it's like competition, like just find the best way to subvert it. So for me, I remember I had a joke about Black James Bond, and everyone had a joke about Black James Bond, and obviously uh, for a lot of people, I guess the premise was like for being a black guy as a secret agent, you can't really show up in North Korea, you're going to stand out, and you're going to be the worst spy ever. So at first, like I heard a few people did a similar thing, <laughs> a lot of people did a similar thing, and it's like at first, like is that the same joke? But it's like what well, then? But of course, people are going to come to that conclusion anyway. It's, it's a, so it's like the real key is the best payoff in comedy is that if you can take it where people don't expect you to, because mm. the, the, the easier it is for people to see your joke, then it's more likely to gonna, it's going to be kind of like replicated by someone else. Yes. So for me, it was like, what, how can I take this premise of the idea of a black James Bond when no one else is going to take it? So for me, rather than talking about like that part of him actively being on the job or whether it's like, you know, stealth mode, my car would mean you have to make it look as a white guy inside of it, which is again... <laughs> Could actually do that in real life. Yeah, that'd, be, exactly. that'd be actually very be, valuable. Be, 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 be that would, valuable, that yeah. would sell the fuck out. <laughs> it would sell more than matte paint and Yo, rims. It would definitely me. sell. Trust me. Definitely hey, sell. You got that white man? Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. I got yeah. Matte, matte whites. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got ginger whites. It's an extra, like metallic. Yeah, yeah. That's that's an add-on, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's a ginger whites. <laughs> I've, I've got old white men in age of forty. Ooh, that's damn. expensive. Yeah. So, <laughs> leveling up, but it's. it's <laughs> yeah so but for me it was like uh, how can I take away people and see it coming so for me it was just like well yeah James well if James Bond has a family then like yeah he'll be the spy but like if my if I had a brother who was a spy I'd be like I'm not trusting you bro he's like he comes home and he's like I'm James working directly for Babylon <laughs> <laughs> so every time he's around in it you want to discuss like the normal stuff like oh James is coming like oh. uh, don't worry we paid for the sky James <laughs> <laughs> I'm an MI6 guys MI666 Illuminati James <laughs> so, and he's asking for scams and stuff and like yeah obviously James man's got like a parking ticket and you know <laughs> come on bro come and get a discount for Aston Martin like so, just, it, so yeah just just taking it somewhere else and and, and also I, my idea was really was like again it's looking at the theme and I was just like you know are we still even happy with espionage and like spy stuff because like obviously James Bond gave it a very romanticised idea about how like you know being a spy works but now it's like when people are getting like nerve agents 
now. Mm. And the president is working arguably with a ex-member of the KGB. It's not really, it doesn't really seem that fun anymore, really. Yeah. Like when yeah. the guy crawls into a duffel bag and, and apparently kills himself, commits yeah. suicide. I'm yeah. just like, oh. rather than like they start telling us some of these secrets because, I'm, yeah, because, and because now it's like, there was supposed to be a secret service, but now you're like, well, the government, even at a basic level, is keeping secrets from us. Mm-hmm. So you're getting talking about something like Brexit. I just like, well, for everyone, whether people voted to remain or whether people voted to leave, we were deprived of a lot of information. Mm-hmm. So I was saying, like, you know, I like the idea, like James Bond, like aesthetically would be good. But what I would rather prefer is that I would had a government that wasn't just still keeping secrets from me. Yeah, because I just think, like, you know, <clears throat> you 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 realize, like, obviously now how these things intensify. But it's like, do you remember two years ago when we found out that the government and James David Cameron and everybody was like not paying taxes and they were all filing like their accounts offshore in Panama. Yeah. Mm. I would like to hear more about that. Yeah. 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 That, that's what I want to know more about. Yeah. Or like when the expenses scandal comes out and it's like, but where's all of the money? Yeah. Mm. Where's mm. all of the money? Or like or we had like a bailout and it's like the taxpayer provided a bailout for all of these enormous banking institutions. Yeah. But then now that was 2008 and it's supposed to be like a deep crisis that's the housing like banking crisis around the world studied in like business schools to this day yeah. it's only 10 years ago so that was a bailout from things that were too big to fail we're talking about like RBS Northern Rock these are banks that mm-hmm, shut down mm-hmm. we had to bail them out <clears throat> 10 years down the line they're reporting bonuses again and I'm like hold on we bailed you out so we are like majority shareholders of these institutions we should get a bonus we yeah get, exactly <laughs> exactly so and for me that's like irrespective of whether you are right wing and conservative or you are liberal left like we sh- that's something we should all agree on is that mm. we have provided this and so we should be benefiting from that like in the same way that you know it's like in the same way I'd say I'd rather have a government keep secrets from its people it's like when people say support our troops or you know help for heroes well one way we could help the heroes because mm-hmm. again and this is a narrative that comes from a right wing government like mm-hmm. we should help the heroes and these are going to war for us well then how about you don't privatise the NHS then mm-hmm. and then that would probably help them yeah a lot quite a bit yeah. that would be quite yeah. a bit I, for me it's a, so for me it's like you know we could talk about like spy and stuff like that but it's like I just think everyone at some point if you're going to need medical help you'd need a nurse and in the same way it's like we like football and to everyone it's like everyone who supports football team is like we need more money we need more players and blah blah because we all understand the fact that footballers need access to like the best nutrition and like equipment and stuff mm-hmm. for them to reach their maximum potential because it's going to benefit their club and ultimately mm-hmm. everyone's aware of that business model mm-hmm. but it's like well then if you have nurses who like don't get a lot of sleep and have to go to food banks and stuff at some point we're all going to get old I, I don't want a nurse that's like tired and mm-hmm. like yeah. she's mashed up and yeah. she's worried about a house like yeah if like if nurses were given like the same care and stuff and really should be the same way as athletes then it's like that's going to benefit anybody again irrespective of your religion or your cultural beliefs or I would so, love my nurse to have had that same level of physical dedication yeah, and like, like scouts could you, like, you, know could you mean? imagine yeah. like, if you had scouts like, doc- like if doctors and stuff were treated like, like yeah. athletes and like they had like scouts and stuff and it was the same kind of system and mm-hmm. we had the same kind of hype around it mm. like, that would be amazing that'd nurses be amazing. nurses would be in a hospital like two miles away and you'd be like yeah I've got a broken leg they'd be like I'll be there in 20 minutes. Yeah, Run down there with exactly, a little bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah healthy, good yeah. to go, man. Yeah. And, I, I, and I think it's even strange that like, even in sports, we're like, uh, performance enhancing drugs. How could they? <laughs> They're performance enhancing. <laughs> that sounds like a good thing to me. Yeah. Like, as opposed to like recreational drugs or antidepressants, yeah. maybe we should be researching performance enhancing drugs a lot more because yeah. again, if we can prove that they enhance someone's performance, how would that benefit like the regular person? Yeah. Like, again, if, yeah. I, if I have a teacher that could, you know, go 14 rounds yeah. with Mike Tyson as well as teach history, that would actually probably be a good thing. So maybe like, 
I just understand why performance instruction is a bad thing. They'll put sixty kids in the classroom instead. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, or like I said, if you have like these these drugs that are very well processed to be safe and they're going to help someone's athletic performance, then you know why is that not something that kids can get at school to yeah. help their performance and help mm. their development? Like, or, so it's just so so that's so that's so that's the way I would go with something like that anyway. So rather than just like focus on this particular that particular uh, phenomenon, I guess it's more the theme because again, like I said, because stuff does happen in cycles, like there would probably be an equivalent years and years ago where like I uh, probably in the 90s like I remember Chris Rock in, in Big and Black being like you're never going to see a black president yeah Cause then this was, and this was at the time when I think Colin Powell was potentially going to be a candidate for mm-hmm. the presidency after the first Gulf War he's like yeah. you can't have a black president and then I think they were saying about having a black vice president and he was like they can't be a black vice president if there was a black vice president I'd kill the president myself because <laughs> what's going to happen I'm going to go to jail will I be treated like a king for the rest of my life <laughs> for having our first black president but like I said, you know, it's, it's uh, again, you, you can't predict what's going to happen. And then now you have people talking about the time you had a black president. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, again, it's just kind of discussing the themes rather than just like in, in particular stuff. And, and and so, yeah, it's just a, to, yeah, so to make a, a short question a bit longer, but it's just, it's a, I just think the way to remedy it is that if you just focus on your own mind and your own imagination, then it's very hard for people to kind of replicate that. Have there ever been, yeah, go on, Frank. No, I was going to say, do you ever feel that you've got a very important job outside of your own um, uh, dare I say your self-interested yeah. reasons for getting into comedy in the sense of we're in a social media age mm-hmm. and it seems that especially with platforms like Facebook yeah. and, and Twitter the energy is quite negative there's a lot of things that a yeah. lot of people are unhappy about and comedy finds a way of kind of articulating that and Definitely. getting through those problems so maybe you guys are our coping mechanisms for the, the world's ills I think so I think I think I think just humans we're a social species anyway and I think that's the th- uh, that's always been the idea of art is that you know it's a way of just articulating our our, ex- our experiences and that can be positive or negative and I think yeah comedy is it's just a very big part in that you know the uh, the dichotomy of like dramatic performance has always mm-hmm. been comedy and tragedy and it, and uh, and crests and trough which is how life goes anyway so I think yeah comedy is very important because it's a natural thing like because laughter is doesn't have a language Mm. So you so whatever language so there's certain different nuances of of human language and the structure of it which uh, can vary depending on where you yeah. are. But when someone's laughing, like it's unmistakable, like you yeah. know what that is, irrespective yeah. of what language somebody speaks. So it's, it, that is so laughter is universal language, and one like you know which you learn very early on, like kids can do it as well. So it's very much a part of, I guess, our makeup, where it helps us to you know have an affinity with other people. Like yeah. you, when you meet new people, a lot of the time you make jokes to break the ice and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, if you you know if you're nervous you'll make a joke or you'll laugh yourself because you're you're nervous as well and then like I said the biggest part I guess is rationalizing and you know that's what we say if you uh you gotta laugh otherwise you'll cry mm-hmm. so it's yeah I think it's um it's not necessarily it's a responsibility but I think it should definitely be a calling that um you know whatever tragedy you're dealing with uh, as a comic or whatever you look at the world you consider to be morbid is that you put this comedic slot on it yeah. so that we can all kind of process it a lot better yeah. and that's what they say a lot of comedy is very much uh, tragedy plus timing yeah and, and I mean I, comedians yeah. like yourself I mean I came across you from I'd, I've been aware of you from your Sunny D program mm-hmm. and then I've seen your <laughs> videos um, and that's where we started following each other on social yeah, media yeah, yeah. but again I feel com- com- comics like yourself are very important because you you toe that line of making people laugh but also educating as well and informing yeah. which is um, a very very important um, uh area in the kind of the, the age where we're in where um uh what's the word 
the 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 narrative of angering people and that generating and yeah. fueling the, the the kind of energy behind social media. A lot of people have cottoned onto it. A lot of uh, newspaper publications are aware yeah, yeah. of the of the power yeah. of yeah. of of outrage. Yeah. So in this kind of this this PC age, mm-hmm. it's very important that people like yourself aren't curtailed in allowing yeah. al- allowing yourself to kind of articulate and get what needs to be said out there because it seems like everyone else now is we're kind of muzzled. If, oh, whether, whether you're in a whether you're in a creative capacity or or uh, uh, a customer facing capacity, everyone is kind of like on their p's and q's, even yeah. online now. Yeah. So it's very important for yeah. comics like yourself to be able to cut through that. And but who can do it in the correct way? Exactly, because yeah, yeah. I think you there's you've said stuff in in your shows about how other comedians have spoken about racism when it's a hot topic, mm. but it's something that but white comedians can't talk about, but they use a mechanism, which you can find out by listening to that comedy show, which you can find, they use a mechanism to kind of remove themselves a step yeah, and yeah. talk about it. But you don't seem to do it. You seem to jump right in and negotiate these things. How how important is that right now? Oh, completely. I, I just think it's important. Like I just have, I, I'd like to think, I try and just maintain a classic mentality as a creative in that like, while people are curtailed and people are muzzled, I just feel... I wouldn't say anything I didn't think anyway. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's the thing is that some people I think now are kind of now dealing uh, retroactively with stuff they said before. So you've seen people yeah. like have tweets are coming up and yeah, stuff and, yeah. and people are being called uh, like kind of mean made accountable <laughs> for it. And, you know, and, and so people are having to backtrack and apologize and be like, well, you know, my mentality's changed and which I do appreciate. But mm-hmm. I say, so I'd say, but for me, the remedy is that I wouldn't say stuff on social media that I couldn't take back because, mm-hmm. you know, you are, I'd say for a lot, you're still very much controlling your narrative on social media. And I just think that sometimes when people get into it, people have to be very mindful that like it's it's never. I guess my whole thing now and my pro social media is that you can't take any of it too seriously. Because I even had a point where I would get into heated debates with trolls, and then got to a point where I was like, yeah, but when you leave, put your phone down or you go outside. Like I'm not thinking what like skullduggery six six nine said about me. Like I don't walk around <laughs> looking for him. Like oh, is he following you as well? He's a prick. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, skullduggery, man. exactly. But Bro. then you realize that it's like it's like block and yeah. And I think yeah. I always and this, but it's just um. Yeah, it's, it's it's very it's like I think social media is almost like it's just like a, an enormous uh, secondary school, mm-hmm. and when you're an adolescent, you are you have the kind of hormones of an adult, but you still think like a child because you don't have the benefit of experience. Yeah, and I think that's the thing is if you look at social media, it's, it's like for example, if you look let's say, so let's take like Instagram like models for example. Mm-hmm. There was a time in school where there'd be a girl in your school, and everyone wants to be with this girl in school, Ooh. and it's basically based on hype and it's a popularity contest. But essentially, you don't know that person's life and how and who they are. But it's just based on an aesthetic, and it's re- and because that's the person everybody wants. Everyone likes the same girl, mm-hmm. and it's no different that you see on social media. Mm-hmm. There's there's people on social media. There are people in your school who you knew from secondary school. That person was hyped. They may have had a name or whatever, or they or they were known within this small social circle. Mm-hmm. Once you graduate and leave this very small paradigm of like secondary school and adolescence, you see that person now. Like they'll be working, like they'll be a bus driver, which yeah. is nothing wrong with it. But it's like yeah. so they're just a regular person, yeah. but there's just a hype behind it, and yeah. that's all it is. Is that um, social media still recreates this aesthetic of an aspirational lifestyle that, from a distance, looks amazing, but you never, you don't know. Like it's like they say, a picture says it's a thousand words, but like nine hundred and ninety nine of those can be lies, and you you won't have any idea. So I was like, so I've always just tried to have the approach of not taking it too seriously. And saying stuff that I can stand behind. So yeah. there's a lot of people now where I, it's like, I think there's one of two things we deal with this whole retroactive tweets and stuff. It's like, you either can explain yourself and say you were wrong or don't apologize. Yeah. Don't apologize. So if you, you said this before, I'd be like, I wouldn't apologize for yeah. it. Like, cause I, I, I don't say I apologize for offending people because I am just not someone that I intentionally do that, but 
I feel like if I said it at the time, I probably meant it at the time. Yeah. Because I, I, like I said, I had an exchange with a uh, a troll who was like, oh, but black on black crime, which is a trigger for me. Mm. So he's talking about outrage stuff. So yeah. it turns out, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a trigger. Yeah, yeah. So he tried to trigger yeah. me, and yeah. he was like, "Well, oh, no, but, oh, no, my mum's black." And, blah, 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 blah. and I was just like, "Yeah, yeah. well, let's see a picture of your mum then, because why would you bring her up then yeah. as your justification mm, for your yeah. for what you're yeah. saying?" Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, "Well, then just fuck you and your fucking fake black mum." The manager was like, "What the hell are you doing? No, are you crazy?" I mean, you, you're stepping towards that world now, where yeah. you've got management that are, that, that are going to be. On. He's like, "You can't say that. You're a fake black mom. The producers." Like, but, but so I still, it? I still stand by it though. Like, if I came and he's fake black yeah. mom, because she's not real. Do you know what I mean? She's not real. It's like. And this is it. So, I, and, I, and I said it's like in the same way that I find obviously even live comedy, you're making live observations, and it is like yeah. a sociological study. It's like now online, you know, you are starting to see like subgenres, or I guess maybe it's a part of our evolution that human beings now have these avatars in which we conduct ourselves yeah. in, like yeah. uh, I guess the uh, the the web or what have you. And yeah, so now you're getting subgenres of people. So the new one that is like now you get like like internet veterans like people that have gone online and talking about support of the troops and blah blah it's like I fought here and it's like do, do, how do we know there's, how do we know <laughs> where's the receipts there's no yeah. where's the receipts yeah. and, that's the, and, so that's, and that's the thing is that like when I kind of stood back it's like you know if you get into the debates with Trump like if I if I get into debate somebody and they're like well my views this is my opinion and blah, 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 like yeah but you're not even showing your face yeah. so you don't even have enough belief in your convictions that you're even prepared to stand by him and show who you are. Like you've put a pseudonym and you've put a fake picture. So you don't, so even I know you don't even believe yourself that much to put it up there. Yeah. And like, they'll take a picture of some sand in a yeah, hand. Say, this is from yeah. Afghanistan, yeah, exactly. yeah. but it's really from Margate. Exactly. Yeah. They, they won't even do that. They'll just, they'll just go round and round and deflect and deflect. But like, what I would definitely say so far as social media is that like in this age of opinions is that, um, opinion, like they say, opinions are like assholes, right? Mm. In that terms of like, everybody's got one and, you know, a lot of them contain traces of shit, mm-hmm. and you'll notice that people aren't that ready to offer them in prison. <laughs> <laughs> you might find if your opinion is shared, it's a bad thing. <laughs> so you know, it's just it's not something. And that's the thing is that when you think about it in that respect, because like I said, this is an age of opinion in terms of like where we talk about like just the whole narrative of social media. Like an opinion is no has no more integrity than a fart. You know, mm. because think about it, like a fart is like very brief mm-hmm. and it can be very funny. And you're more likely to tolerate them if they come from someone you know. <laughs> but there is a time and place. <laughs> so when someone's like, I'm attached to my opinion, that's what they're saying is, it's the same, yeah, there's no yeah, different. Like, because yeah. there's some friends, my friends, their opinions, I may not be with them, but it's my friend. Same way if you fast, I'm like, oh, come on, man. Yeah, yeah, no need. Yeah, and that's the same yeah, way with opinions. Yeah, like, ah, oh, there's no yeah, need for that right now. Yeah. So it's, it's just, again, it's just not something we take too seriously because I just find like, an opinion has, it has no factual basis. And that's the thing, and yes, you got to remember about social media is that like, it is a stream of opinions. So essentially, it's like a reservoir and like with a reservoir, you're going to have a sewer. Yeah. So you have like the stream yeah. of consciousness, which is like what social media is, but you also have a sewer. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So so what are the implications, not just for yourself, but for other comics of technology like this for the comedy world? Because it seems like we're, we're going into uncharted waters. We've ne- yeah. Our generation, no other generation has experienced a time like this mm-hmm. where th- we, we don't know it's what's even beyond the Twitter or the Facebook or... Yeah, we're not aware of it. Yeah, we're just, we're just waiting for the next one. Yeah. Uh, so um, I think the implications, it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I think it's, uh, it's definitely changed a lot of premises and a lot of people will talk about their experiences where social media is concerned, whether it's like being online is there, or... Is there comedy legislation coming? I think, I mean, <laughs> potentially, but it's, it's just up to you how you deal with it. So yeah. like I said, for me, it's like, I won't say stuff that I'm, that I would be afraid to take back. Mm-hmm. So unless I was under a, an extreme situation where, you know, where you know, I guess society becomes a lot more uh, autocratic or a lot more restrictive. But so far as where we are right now in the present, I, I don't say stuff that I feel I'm going to have to be like, well, and take it back. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I prepare to stand by it. So, and I think the way, and that's the thing is that like, well, going back to the analogy of fighting and stuff like that, you have your body can <laughs> help you clench. So sometimes you might want to say something, but you realize this is not yeah. the time to say it. Yeah. So it's the same thing. Is that like there are times when rather than me just just be led by emotion, you can count to ten and think, yeah. is it productive me doing this, and is it worth me saying that? So yeah. I think it's more about disciplining on ourselves because uh, social media is an interesting one because I, I guess prior to the advent of it we were all real concerned about the Patriot Act and our, our privacy being invaded. Mm-hmm. And then this phenomenon's come along, which has meant people now volunteer it. Yeah. And I'm trying to explain, my, my nephew's like, he's 10. And it's like, when you get to a, a certain age, you're not going to know what it's like. Like, if you knew what it would took for you to see the inside of like a girl's bedroom when you was yeah. a kid, when you yeah. were like, I girls, really yeah. thought you were going to yeah. go somewhere else. No, no. <laughs> wow. Well, that too. But even yeah. that too. Yeah. But, yeah. but at the same yeah. time, it was I like, think only guy in college has seen that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if that. It was a nurse. And it was like, <laughs> but you should visit your gynecologist regularly though that's so that's important but um yeah but it's just stuff like seeing a girl's bedroom that took a lot for you to have a, a very long considered courtship ritual process mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whereas people are prepared to volunteer that information now and it's just that you know you can learn like the stuff you need to find out about you know potential uh partner or someone you liked you yeah. know that came from conversation yeah. having to learn but yeah. now like and, and you'd be like oh a house number the holy grail yeah. she gave me the yeah. house phone yeah. number yeah. whereas yeah. now yeah. i don't need to see your house number i can yeah. probably triangulate and find out what road you live on yeah. which area yeah. you live in where you like to eat where you free, <laughs> areas you frequent yeah it doesn't take that long so um yeah we're just at a time of like i think we have a, we're at a time where we have an science abundance fiction of, becoming science fact. Yeah, a science fact, and we have an abundance of information, and in which we are flooded with information, but we don't have his knowledge because, again, that comes from experience. So we don't have the wisdom, or we don't have the wisdom of experience because, like I said, we're in uncharted territory and we have no precedent for this. Um, 
So I guess for all of us, it's it's kind of like it, on the one hand, it's a it's just it's a mystery and it's something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And I guess again, at some point when TV came out, the con- same conversations were being had. Yeah, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, or even radio. So it's just been a very long gap where we've seen a massive shift in technology and how it and how it can shape human society. Um, so I guess it's it's yeah, just that's just this is what the, the art is about is yeah. about observing and seeing how things unfold yeah. and, and seeing how the fluidity of humanity is changing and being able to opine on it so I guess it's like it's just it's a blank canvas that we can all yeah for yeah. us to be artists on I think in one aspect I think it can help or I, I think I've seen the benefits is um, in the delivery of content from comedians so mm. um, back in the day when you listen to people like Cameron from, from Dipset I think contextually because we was aware so much of American culture mm-hmm. us on the other side of the pond we could understand the language we didn't need to be from that part of New York and understand yeah, the yeah. dialect and all that kind of stuff so I guess the internet has kind of brought everyone together so you've you've got Americans who understand UK slang yeah and they understand so. the context of UK jokes and all that kind of stuff so they're not they're laughing with us now rather than laughing at exactly, some abstract yeah. part of the joke which is very good it's a very good thing and, uh, and yeah just seeing how like the, uh, the, the digital age has benefited music is that it just means it's removed powers from previous gatekeepers who would give you reasons as to why this yes. stuff would work but now essentially there's, there's no excuse because like I said you can cut out the middleman, no mm-hmm. intermediaries and immediately go to a point where you know it's out there to be judged and, and again you know that and that's like anything there's, there's a good there's good and bad to that um, but yeah it just means you can definitely get an honest idea of how people view your art and, and like I said for me it means it's just a matter of time and it should be, and I think now because you as a comic or any kind of creative you can get stuff out there some people feel this pressure that they have to have a lot of content all the time. Yeah. And I still want to be of the school where I still want quality to be over quantity mm-hmm. because now at the time, it doesn't matter when people will find it. Yeah. So, and I guess I always rationalize myself. I remember by the fact that people say Illmatic is like one of the best rap albums ever by Nas, mm-hmm. but it took a long time for it to go to platinum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, it's, but if you make something that is good it, over time, people will find it and they will realize it. And I think it's, yeah, it's, it's a comfort in for most creators and stuff that if you can find a way of immortalizing your stuff and, mm having it out there for the audience to find it yeah. I think if you build it they'll come so. in your world though is there pressure because you you know you've mentioned how things aren't, aren't as structured as they were before because of this change the internet so you know you can get TV deals coming in now or Netflix specials coming in now or yeah. you could um, tour or you could turn out and some people make their primary money off just their social media output mm-hmm. do you have to develop a level of discipline when it comes to the way you organise your finances and the way you kind of project and plan when it comes to that sort of stuff I think I think yeah I think it's a uh, way financial management that probably hasn't changed that much because uh, you have to know you have to know when to save and when to be liquid and I think that hasn't changed but I think yeah discipline is maybe from it's maybe time management mm-hmm. I think that's probably the big part of it because like I think that's time obviously is something you can't get back whereas you can you can win lose money or you can inherit money whereas you can't necessarily get your time back so it's more about time management and in this time if you even if you are uh, you know creating a product online like how much time are you spending doing that if you are going through the internet for inspiration and stuff mm-hmm. and how much you enga- are you spending the right amount of time to engage with your audience so mm-hmm. they find out where you're performing or you spend enough time focusing on what you are creating to make sure that's out there and what distribution channels are using so again I think people are still learning by doing and we'll kind of get into grips with how to manage it um, but again it's, it's de- like any kind of business it's something you can uh, you know out- you can either outsource or you can delegate or you can you know as you exist as a brand or as an economy unto yourself. There's a lot of orbital economies where people are having more competence in particular things. So some people are good at looking at analytics and being able to uh, have more targeted uh, yeah. uh, targeted media, and some people are better at like 
what aesthetic works best. And, yeah. You know, so uh, yeah, I just think it's it's like anything else, like economies and different parts and uh and the whole structure is beginning to build around it anyway. So it's like anything, you kind of start off by yourself. Yeah. And uh, as you move on, like there's a lot of people that can help you. And yeah, so so in the same way, yeah, it's still building society. And and I think, yeah, it, even though it's a very individual act to like put stuff on social, on social media and have your own account mm. in terms of the context of business, like no one does it by themselves. So Would you say that you're the last of the Mohicans though, in the sense of your trajectory? <clears throat> I see you I see you as a purist, the same way yeah, I'd yeah. see um, a DJ coming from pirate radio into mm-hmm. commercial radio, that trajectory. Would you say that is... Is, is lost in the generation kind of coming behind you? Are they more concerned with the numbers game now? I think there's a big part there where there's, there's a, they, I think a lot of people feel like their stuff is validated based on the numbers and followers and stuff. And I mean, some people are still purists and I still have a generation of mine that they are still purists. And yeah, but I just think in any case, I just, I just don't think things have changed. I still think it takes a little while to become an overnight success. Mm. And I still feel like, you know, some of the guys I've seen who have, you know, now realised the big profile from their online offering, no, because I know them personally, they, they've taken time to hone their craft anyway, mm-hmm. because okay. essentially all of this works is that, you know, this is supposed to get you to profile and it's not necessarily getting there, it's what you do when you're there. Yeah. So if you, so you can have a few funny videos and you can go viral, but if you don't maintain like, you know, even just the, the small aspects of kind of show business in that, like, are you liaising and are you interacting with your audience? Are yeah. you delivering on your product when you are actually mm-hmm. directly with them are you able to like you know carry yourself correctly if you are going to have other stakeholders whether it's like brand partnerships or like producers or involved in TV or streaming platforms yeah. so if you don't learn that stuff or you don't like it doesn't matter how big you get you can be as big as you can and yeah. you can all go because like you know you know I remember like Chocolate Rain Guy and like Friday Rebecca Black doing Friday stuff like that and yeah. like, these views and were enormous but yeah. I don't know where they are now Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah again it's it's not. I still don't think it's changed. Like as the human beings, getting there is not the problem. It's staying there. Yeah. And I think that would be about because at the same time, it's even from for my generation. It's it's a uh, working out where we fit in. So while we might necessarily be posting loads of content on videos and doing clips on Vine, but then you know now we're seeing the prevalence of like podcasts and stuff, mm. where you get to hear the whole narrative, and it's a uh, it's very useful. Like it's it's nice, man. It's like a, it's like an adult slumber party, man. You have like jokes and talk about your life and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. and that's like I said, it's I guess it's again. Even with podcasts, there's a, it, I think it just comes from an inherent part of our need for nostalgia where you could just hang out and just yeah. talk and stuff like that because mm-hmm. we just live in a time where everyone's in such a high-powered state of being. We're like cash-rich and we're time-poor, so I think every time people want to get the chance. And, and, we're a lot, and like I said, we are in a time of a lot more transparency because of like technology we have. So people want to know more about you and have more dimensions to your journey. Mm-hmm. So the fact that podcasts exist and people still want to hear about the journey is, yeah. is testament to the fact that things haven't changed that much. So it's, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just like anything else. It's like, you know, human beings can use fire to cook their food and then it can also burn down buildings. So like... To the white after that. So it's, just, it's learning how to manage it. Yeah, Because, we know, cause we, they, you know, like there was a long time where like primitive human beings, like you, they didn't like you taking pictures of them because they said yeah. it would take your soul. Mm. You oh yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. So yeah. you look at something like a selfie. It's like up until a certain point, human beings were able to process their reflection. You only see your reflection in water, or yeah, or so that would be the only time you probably see your reflection. Mm. So stuff like selfies, where you, like the idea of a selfie, you, you kind of look at self, and then you kind of have to judge your appearance based on that, and give this, this thought: is that it's um, what the effect does that have on you psychologically? Because mm-hmm. then you could argue, like, if no one knew what anyone else did look like. Like, 
what would the concepts of what's attractiveness is and what yeah. it is and would it matter yeah. because mm. well there's that whole theory about when we look in the mirror it's basically our brain recalibrating an image of ourselves to make ourselves feel mentally yeah. um, uh, 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 comfortable mm-hmm. as we before we step out the door yeah. so that's why when we take a picture someone takes a picture of us we don't like the picture that someone else has taken because we haven't done the kind of the processing, the it, processing yeah, yeah. like the, the, our, our own mental IBM computers haven't shaped our nose and our eyes and yeah. and whatnot. So that's what I mean. It's like it's, it's like by that token, it's kind of like if if that's not our truth and that's not the truth to them, then really all what we consider attractiveness or beauty is all a lie, really. Mm-hmm. And which I think everyone knows, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like a very different idea suggested to us. Mm-hmm. So it's just I just think it's it's um as human beings like we need to ideally get to a point where we realise this stuff is a tool and it doesn't really define who we are because yeah. we've been around longer than all of this stuff has existed and we were there before it and arguably could be there after it or or maybe not or, or whatever the next incarnation of our journey is so mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's going to involve technology whether we like it or not so mm-hmm. we just need to learn over time how we're going to coexist Do you know what actually Frank you actually got an article haven't you on you which has some information about social media that's being how which social media platforms are being used and the percentage and stuff can you whip that out for us please because I found that uh, you might be Whoosh. interested to kind of hear who's using what at the moment mm. but you also mentioned while Frank's doing that you got a pod, uh, you you mentioned podcasts you have your own though don't you I've listened I to do, it yeah question everything uh, which is uh, yeah it's a very podcast a very basic podcast in terms of premise and just like you know I have guests on where I like to ask them a question and then we kind of just riff on it and just yeah no question is off limits and yeah, I just want to keep that idea quite basic and just enough where we can just stimulate conversation. And again, I just think like we're just in a time now where a lot of people are like, what's going on? Mm, so mm. if you just want to ask anything, then let's discuss it. And I think that's a big part of any any kind of progression in terms of human interaction will come from just asking questions and leaving yourself open to learn something. And you so. do take it in some quite funny, in, in di- quite funny directions. I think I listened to the Reggie Yates episode. You spoke about there's a type of person in the bathroom they remove. Like if I've been in the toilet and I've done a number two and I've left a skid mark, there's what's the per- type of person kind <laughs> yeah, of, yeah. when you piss away the skid mark? I don't know. Yeah, yeah it sounded like a really like so sounded like a, a profession. Yes, it's the urinary technicians, man. It's like it's like <laughs> we're like like number six on the emergency services. <laughs> like, like after lifeguards and like. Civil, civil, like you know, like KFC. Yeah, when after, you're drunk. yeah, after, after KFC and after Deliveroo. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and just eat and yep. Uber eats. Like so, that maybe twelve on the emergency services. Yeah, then it's like the people that clean up the skin marks and that. Yeah, just got to do it. For, just got to do it, man. I, I try. And, I just try and leave things how I'd like to find them. Mm-hmm. So, that's fair enough. Yeah. That's fair enough. Um, we have got a question that's actually an ongoing question that we've asked many a guest on the show, and and as somebody who feel I feel like you're quite open with us, um, you would divulge. And at the moment, we're standing at about 50-50 in the mm-hmm. two parties that answer this question. I'm going to set this up. So you've gone to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. You've had a number two. Mm-hmm. Dropped a good deuce. Mm-hmm. Granted, you're going to leave the place as you found it. I think that's a really respectable thing. I like that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to wipe your ass. Do you stand up or sit down <laughs> as you wipe? This is a serious question. No, it's an interesting question. Because there's two parties and, and yeah. one party doesn't know the other exists until I bring this to them most of the time. Right. Um, it's an interesting one. I'm, do you know what? Yeah. Based on my most recent experiences, I'm going to say I sit down. Okay. And I say that because I feel like, not to sit down, but you have to kind of squat. And yeah. without, I don't want to do too graphing your podcast. No, go for it, bro. But I'm just saying that because I just feel like 
you squat because the purpose is that your your body's your, your butt cheeks supposed to spread so you can go to defecate properly, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then I want to still be open so I clean yeah. my butt properly. But then I say that, but at the same time, like I just came back from the Emirates and I'm just like, like these toilets need to have these the rinses, man. Yes, these bidet, like all toilets, bidet, like bidet. This, bidet. bidets are so important, man. I, I like bidet. I, I'm bidet. saying this, and I say this with the utmost respect. Yeah, one thing about the <laughs> one. They should play that in the bathroom. They should if you try to that. get out without pressing the day button, yeah. that should, they should play. They should, they should very loudly. Shame yeah. you up in it. Yeah. Like, people Shame like, you. People outside the bathroom are like, uh, uh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> on a tips playing, someone has no hygiene. <laughs> they should do that. They should definitely do that. I, just, yeah. I think, yeah, it's... um. One thing, one of the great things about the, the, that region of the world is that there's a very big emphasis on uh, sanitation, hundred percent, and, and I think that should be everywhere. And um, yeah, so I, I'd say I kind of sit down. I, I but then I don't know. I mean, but there might be instances where you'd stand up. I, I don't know why. Like I said, and because if you stand up before you've cleaned, yeah. then I don't know any, any additional debris. Might, yeah. That's tumble. They get caught. What a terrible day! Your day is ruined. I know. People usually when you stand up. Only time when I see people standing up after they've used the toilet to do number two, it's like that's like a kid was like got a bit of potty and you got to clean it. And I guess some people don't grow out of that. You know, I think that's what it is. It's like you know when you go to secondary, you go to primary school, and there's the kid who still puts his pants around his ankles to go to toilet at the urinal, and you're like, your parents that day. It looks like a full start in athletics. Yeah, you just yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it's yeah. uh, but it's, it's the same was like I just find it, it's like straight when people go to the toilet and they put their, their pants all around their ankles when they used to go to the toilet when yeah. we was all kids and I'd yeah. be like, your parents have failed you, man. <laughs> you should learn to like you need to learn how to like make good uses of zips and like the slots yeah, stuff like that. you yeah, never because yeah. yeah. you can't do that if you do that now yeah. by a tree you could be on a register for that. <laughs> so your parents should teach you doing that as well, man. Like. You, Personal responsibility. Did, did you know there were standards out there till I asked you that question? Because some standards don't know their sitters and sitters don't know their standards. I don't know standards. To stand, but if you stand to, I mean, I guess if you're white, but then if you're going, I guess you're right in, you're right in front to back, I guess standing's going to be okay. But I don't know, man. Standing seems strange. Have you ever be, been in the room knowing there's a standard in the room? No. I'll, no, I'll no. make you aware our producer, Billy, is... He's got, he's got a He's a stander. He, he wants to try and explain himself, but he tries this. I'm not the only stander. <laughs> no, 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 I'm, no. Not, I'm not alone. We're, we're, we're a community. <laughs> Run my standers. Remember back to the episode with Ramel. Funk admitted to standing up as oh, yeah, well. Funk's uh, a stander. So we're at 50 50. Yeah. Right, my only question Ramel, for Ramel, Ramel is a stander. Ramel, okay, yeah. I get that. Okay. But, then, but then how how do you stand if like you've got your trousers down? Uh, Without falling over in like a comedic sort of no, like I don't stand. I, I crouch. I crouch in tiger. I crouch. Okay, I so he's a crouch. I crouch. I get. And Ori Styler says he's a he's a stand crouch, standing crouch to to finish off. So he's so yeah. There's some combos out there. There's a real combo. He's out kind there, of man. he's straddling the line quite literally. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I want to say I want to caveat by saying I'm more of a try and do it before I leave my house. <laughs> Oh yeah, so, so, then, so then it's none, yeah. then it's nobody's business. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I can do either. I, I think it's about being pragmatic in that particular respect. Yeah, standard croucher, lunger, whatever it takes, man. Like festivals, you might need to know how to lunge. Yeah, I think, or, or stand. Yeah. I think festivals are probably a good point to stand. Yeah, yeah. I think I think actually having the strength because 
even though I may not necessarily default to stand, I if the occasion calls, it's important to be able to stand. Yeah, like yeah. you do, like you do Glastonbury or stuff like that. You want to be you able to stand. Yeah. I think I'm gonna go for the just trying not to eat for four days. Oh like, yeah, oh, I, went, I went to a festival last year. I didn't eat for seventy two hours. I didn't know. I didn't use the toilet for seventy two hours. It's bad, bad when you're there, but when you finally got onto the toilet, oh, that yeah. must have been a yeah. wonderful experience. It was, it was like reaching the uh, top of Everest. I was, it's like I've earned this, <laughs> and and, I, I'm, and you know people are like that's not healthy. I don't care. Like even if twenty years down the line, the doctor's like, oh no, like you maybe should have. I'd be like, nope, worth it. Because yeah, I'm paying for you now, doc. But if I if I hadn't if I hadn't held on for seventy two hours, I'd be having this conversation with a therapist. So, <laughs> so I'd rather be you just help me just give me the laxatives, bro. Yeah. All right, Dane, before before you even uh, decide to step out of here, please, I want you to let, let the audience know what you have coming up in your career at the moment and also how we can get in contact with you because I know you're busy. Cool. Uh, so, uh, contact, I am uh, on all of your socials. Um, I'd say I probably frequent Instagram and Twitter more often if you want to have conversation and, and uh, find uh, content uh, is available on my Facebook page as well as uh, YouTube uh, channel and Instagram as well. Um, I am... Uh, always gigging so you can find all of my list of gigs on uh, danebaptiste.co.uk and I begin my uh, one man tour of my show Gold Oil and Drugs on uh, September the 19th again so again find a venue uh, near you and it'd be great to see all of you and yeah in the meantime yeah just uh, find me on the socials man I'm about uh, and stay in touch and yeah find us listings online and all are welcome Cool. One more thing before we let you get out of here. Funk's got that actual article up now about social media, so it's quite good actually. You've let everyone know what your social medias are. You're now going to find out where most of the audiences are as well. Yeah, so this article I saw online, that's actually was snap, uh, a clipping that was sent to me, and it basically just talks about the amount of users, active users that have been added over, um, I guess, the calendar year. And <clears throat> Instagram, Facebook, and WhatsApp are literally kicking everyone's yeah. butts at the moment. Um, they've gained more users than Snapchat and Twitter combined. Mm. And interestingly enough, Instagram, Facebook and WhatsApp are all owned by the same company. Mm. And um, That's interesting. The, the thing I found interesting was the most used is obviously Instagram. Mm-hmm. But it kind of reminded me back in the day when you were at school, there was all those kids that liked the picture books as opposed yeah, to the, the books with the words. Well, Instagram is, t- is the new television. This is why it's, yeah. it's, it's successful. Like uh, just, just, IGTV. Yeah, yeah, is exactly. Yeah. And also, but in, and I say it as well because if you look at the word Instagram, yeah, the suffix of it is gram. Now, if it was about pictures, it'd be called graph. Mm. Ah. Same thing with TV. It's like you know, it's like it's, te- it's television or it's like television programming. Yeah. So Instagram is very similar in the fact that like it's no different to TV in that what you see are very high color, very beautiful images. Of very aspirational lifestyles that you that people aspire to, and that's what TV is like. You watch TV, it's like oh, I got that in common, or I want to go there one day. I want to have that car. And it's, the only difference is, and that's the, the message I gave about social networking is that the TV is regulated because it's been around for longer. Yeah. So when you see stuff on TV, like if you see an aspirational image or like a car and stuff, it will say like either this car is the like the top line version, or yeah. this car on the road costs this much money, or this person is an actress and blah blah. Yeah. So we don't really see that on Instagram. Yeah. So. My advice to people with Instagram stuff like that is to remember that, like, you know, just with TV, don't try this at home. Exactly. Or, like, this has been embellished for comedic effect. This CEO is a laugh now, isn't it? Like, yeah. these, the consumers are literally not paying attention to the semantics. They're not, they're so, not. And, and, not yeah. so the CEO is like, mm, yeah, we, so we put it out there for you. you put it, yeah, and, and, it's and, called and, Instagram. Exactly, yeah. And, and, they, and, they, and, people, but then the thing is, what, you, what you'll find is that you, they'll, they'll take, like, a very attractive person and they'll say, oh, well, I'm using this, this uh, charcoal toothpaste, or I'm using, I'm using, I'm using this weight loss tea. But, you know, you don't know if that person's had lipo. You don't know if that's yeah, been photoshopped. Yeah, and yeah, so this is where yeah. you see a lot of pressure now with people saying you have to at least give people, especially 
children who have no frame of reference when they're going on social networks that this stuff has been created this aesthetics has been created for the purposes of commerce yeah because on TV you know when the adverts are up but on Instagram you don't know when a feed ends and an advert begins yeah. so yeah it's, it's interesting that like like it's, I think yeah, yeah, it's called Instagram instead of Instagram. Yeah, and it's interesting mm. because obviously in the real physical world, there's actually legislation to protect against false exactly. advertising exactly. And, that, and rogue traders. Exactly, but, but that's, they're still finding a way around that with yeah. social networking. And so, like, I think I think it's fine. I think and once we have more of an understanding of it, there needs to be that kind of regulation. Mm-hmm. Do you think we can ever really regulate the internet like that, though? Really? Um, well, to an extent. I mean, well, just the internet is at this stage. It's just holding up. You know, it's just showing you humanity in the mirror. So can you com- completely regulate humanity? Like most people say, you don't want it to happen. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, the internet is, there's the good and the bad and you just need to, like I said, with more experience and the more of a frame of reference we have, we'll learn to be able to yeah. say, no, where we go and where we don't go. Like, you know, like in the Lion King, it's like, we don't go over there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't go. So like, for example, I don't go on like worldstarhiphop.com yeah. or rotten.com because yeah. I know if I, one thing the videos if I read enough comments on World Star Hip Hop I'm going to start hating the world so yeah, yeah. there's no point I just yeah. think there's no point in putting myself in a position where I'm going to be upset or or at least I'm going to have a frame of mind where yeah. I can process this stuff without getting too angry or getting too indignant about it in the same way that you know you look at news channels or any kind of feed now because I said there's now people trying to manipulate this uh, zeitgeist of outrage and I think it's a good and I think you know that again is a reflection of the fact that even though we are in such a new world human beings haven't changed that much because I'd say you know you look at issues with mental health and stuff like that mm-hmm. it's like not surprising that we live in a time where you can be bombarded with information from everywhere it's a lot to process and that's going to sometimes have negative effects on people and yeah. affect their concentration and stuff so I think the more we learn about it the more we can uh, use it to our advantage and and use like anything good in moderation yeah I mean depression has been around from from d- day dot yeah, I mean Van, Van Gogh cut off his ear because of depression mm, this is it so, yeah, yeah. I mean it's interesting you say about the whole mirror aspect of it being a reflection of us because I was having this conversation in private about the way Instagram and social media itself is just democracy it pushes out all this yeah. content you pick and the stuff you picked keeps coming back at you mm-hmm. that's what it does that's why it comes up on the exactly. top of your feed because yeah. you've picked the guy with the muscles you've picked the the, the picturesque island You've picked the sports car, and yeah. it's, it's giving you you're, more you're, of that you're, stuff. You really have yeah. seen yeah. everything I've just al- liked on Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They're giving you the algorithm, but, mm. but then at the same time, it's very clear. It's very similar to TV, and that it's like sometimes stuff is suggested to you, yes. Yes. even though you didn't necessarily yes. ask for it, because yeah. it's not just a function yes. of supply and demand. Mm. Now it's like they can take stuff like you know, just based on this demographic of people. And normally, a lot of them like this, like maybe we can, and also maybe your phone has Siri and all this stuff like now. So yeah, you can turn Siri off, but you don't know if it's necessarily off. Yeah. So your phone as well is now receiving your narrative, which means that it can now suggest stuff based on what you're saying. Because yeah. if you have a conversation about something long enough, I can assure you it's going to show up on your feed. Have you experienced this? I've as well? experienced that. I've yeah. Experienced yeah. That. So, so 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 again, not only do they have the benefit of like being able to have unregulated advertising, but they can hear what you're saying and they can basically just make you a bespoke. Uh, capitalistic or consumerist experience for you and stuff so mm. you know you need to watch what you say around these socials man and I think it might be it's been very interesting to like see maybe us going from like ah oh, like we got a, I got a pirate tape that we should watch but we talk to your parents and blah blah mm. so kids being like nah let's go to the park and yeah. talk, <laughs> talk in the open like there's a I found an oak tree here <laughs> See, there's an oak tree, and there's like no, there's no, there's no wires or no Wi-Fi or anything. You know, you can just have conversations that's out there. So, yeah, it might, it might just revive like a, I guess a need for like us to be more in touch with nature. Like, yeah. you know, if you go down by the waves and the waves are crashing, and you got no one can hear you. Yeah. Like, do you know when the sun goes down, it's just dark, you know, with no lights. And so, 
I yeah. think one area which is <clears throat> is still protected is humour. And I've always uh, spoke about the fact that um, things like um, sarcasm is very hard to pick up and detect. And we were saying that AI will find that very difficult to replicate. Like, yeah. it's, it's going to take years and years and years oh, for yeah, artificial but, intelligence yeah, to yeah. kind of... And irony and stuff yeah. like that. And, I, and, that's, and, that's, and I mean, what would need to happen is that, you know, the AI will have to be aware of stuff like pain and like, like I said, aware of tragedy because it's tragedy plus timing. So it would need to learn to experience pain in order to then learn to have the tools and of experience to process it yeah. and then and rationalize and and develop coping mechanisms because mm-hmm. that's what we've had to learn to do over the years like instead of like because i guess a lot of time we've had to process that whether it's been you know through either through a catharsis of sorrow and crying or whether it's like using vices and mm-hmm. you know and being maybe having destructive path or even having therapy so even the way we are processing like our emotions and our emotional spectrum, mm-hmm. we're not even there yet. So it yeah, it may take a longer time for us to do mm-hmm. stuff like sarcasm because like, like I said, a lot of this stuff is all learned behaviors that we've learned collectively as human beings over years and years and years of trial and error and stuff. So yeah, it's um technology, but technology it happens a lot quicker so far as like uh, how it's evolution than human evolution. Yeah, but then if technology and artificial intelligence is supposed to be start becoming more like a living organism mm-hmm. then when it's going to have to experience like the spectrum of like what is emotion and humanity then yeah it's going to probably take a very very long time mm-hmm. so again it's for me I, I think it's interesting to see and uh, yeah man like I said it's, uh, it's um, Skynet is coming Skynet is coming yeah well, Skynet <laughs> might be coming so it's inter- it'll be interesting yeah. to see what happens and but even like you know human beings like we're supposed to understand that we've come from like Homo erectus and mm-hmm. like Neanderthal man so mm-hmm. What's next for us as well? Yeah, because maybe Skynet will then give birth to us. Will help create the next stage in, you know, our species as evolution. Mm. So, like I said, if we are, if you know, depending on what you believe, like God created man, and man essentially killed God and tried to replace him, and then now man is going to create technology and yeah. like, replace us. And I mean, I said to Marcus, mm. I think we're the only species that's probably going to be responsible for our own extinction. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. But 100%. then at the same time, you know, we are. At, as a as a species, we are no more distinct from the rest of life because, you know, the Earth was here millions of years before we were. Mm-hmm. So, and other species have gone extinct. Yeah, through like whatever machinations they were, they've gone extinct. So, you know, that just might be our journey. Mm. But life is not just you know, sacrosanct to human beings. Life will go on. It's transformative. It's yeah, because yeah. 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 I'd say one interesting thing about social media in terms of the uh, complex you have in terms of the fact that it's your YouTube profile and it's your Twitter profile and it's what I think and this is my deepest thoughts and my opinions and stuff is that like that high, that level of heightened consciousness you can only comes from a single-celled organism so if you're a single-celled organism you're and that maybe that's like for all this technology and how it's advancing we're regressing mm. to being a single-celled organism mm-hmm. where we're insular and we don't actually have any physical interactions with people we just interact on the internet yeah, and we yeah. just Buy off. We buy without, we buy stuff without leaving our house, and we get food without leaving our house. So the more insular we become, maybe we're regressing back to a single celled organism ourselves. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, it's interesting to see what's going to happen. Deep, brilliant, really like that. Uh, hashtag deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you deep it though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you deep it though. <laughs> hashtag deep. Um, we always like to ask people, obviously, whether they wipe their ass standing up or sitting down on the show. We also like to ask our guests how they like good to Good to know, kill. in case you shake, when you're, sh- you're shaking people's hands and stuff, it's a good question to ask. It's, it's very valid. I know that when you leave today, you may not shake Billy Producer's hand, and that's fair enough, because he did go to the bathroom before the show. That's why people um, spud these days, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. That's yeah. why. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes it's the elbow. Okay. Sometimes it's the elbow dab. I've done the elbow dab. I've done the elbow dab. I respect it. I respect it. Yeah, but just so you know, if somebody... 
elbow daps you when you go to shake their hand they're, they're really not feeling your hygiene I, reckon, yeah. I, reckon. I don't take it personally though man yeah, but yeah. I, I get it why to, why, why to Chris? I don't take it personally man I don't, I don't take the time like yeah. it's a small thing someone's still yeah. greeting you man yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah cool so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think we've probably covered it quite a few times in this show because you're a prolific thinker just from the, the, the angles that you've been kind of approaching mm-hmm. the conversation today but what do you like to do when you're actually killing time how do you like to kill some time uh, I like I didn't I like to read some stuff sometimes and I, I, I will sometimes like chat about on YouTube and to see what's happening and stuff. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just, I like, I just, yeah, I find stuff like that interesting. I, I like to find out the pulse of, you know, whatever other people are thinking. So I look at a lot of the YouTube videos or podcasts and stuff. I always do try and read. I just think it's a part of my brain. I want to keep active and mm-hmm. keep healthy. So I'll try and read books and or magazine articles and stuff and try and read as much as I can. And yeah, and just regular stuff, man. I, I like to, I like, I like, and I'm into like anime, like reading, mm-hmm. and watching animation and stuff as well. Uh, and, and just, and yeah, just eating. Attack, <laughs> Attack on Titan season three is coming. Yeah, oh, I, seen, I yeah, need yeah, to yeah, get I've up seen. on season two, man. Season yeah. one was. Uh, there's no way to explain Attack on Titan really without making somebody watch you need an to get episode, with them, innit? Them, it's one of those... Them, them naked giants, man. You need to get with it. Yeah, get with that. It's, like, <laughs> it's, just, it's just the look on their faces like, as they're chomping human yeah. flesh. Yeah, but there's, so no, there's, no, there's no malevolence in their face, man. It's, yeah. It's so, yeah. So Attack on Titan is that for anyone that's like into stuff like, you know, uh, Westworld or Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Attack on Titan is just like a about like a dystopian part of the near future where, again, human beings are not at the top of the food chain anymore. No. So, yeah. That's what it's about, really, and it's a yeah, it's a good show, man. And it's interesting because like it just shows you that like the fear and stuff and hysteria that's surrounded by these titans, but really on the su- that's on the surface. But below that, there's a lot of intrigue and manip- yeah, social manipulation yeah. and engineering that's taking place. So yeah, it's very interesting, man. And it's it's a uh, yeah. So that's the kind of stuff I'm into and stuff as well. And uh, yeah, and I just and I just like traveling and stuff, man. Like I I am I, I feel very fortunate in the, like what I do for a living now. That it means I get to enjoy other stuff without feeling oh, I've got to do this because I've got to go to work on Monday mm-hmm. so yeah I just enjoy stuff like you know every occasional I, I just going for a walk in West End and I like just window shop and yeah just taking humanity while you can and I think it's probably more I find it probably more enjoyable now because we're in an era of such focus on social media that like just taking a walk like going to eat somewhere by myself sometimes it's cool I'll go watch a film mm-hmm. and just yeah just just this stuff just interacting and stuff I, and I guess uh, I, I'm in a job where I travel all the time I meet people all the time so I think it's just a very healthy for me to set pace in my own head and just take a walk inside my own head. And like I said, I, I want to be an astronaut on an astral plane. So just, yeah, just try and learn more about myself. And I think I like the, more, the more you know about yourself and the more you kind of, you know, do self-care and self-reflection, I think the more you set a standard for how you interact with other people. So that's it, man. Just just try and, just, just try and live. Nice. So everyone, yeah, what everyone should do, just try and live, man. Mm-hmm. Like, with, paint a picture eat something you enjoy hang mm-hmm. out with some hang out with a friend of yours do something do some exercise and yeah take a walk man and just take it in man it's it's a it's it's a weird time in the world now where if you can breathe clean air and drink clean water like just re- re- revel in that sometimes yeah mm. so that's 100%. what I do really. well um thank you very much for coming on the show today uh, my man. pleasure man really it's been appreciate amazing. it and um We'll put links to your website and, and mm-hmm. all the links. To the- oh, I should say as well. Um, so I filmed this uh, show. with So Kevin Hart has started a new app called the LOL Network. All right. Oh, wow. It's like, it's like a comedy version of YouTube. If you've got time, talk, let's, let's talk about this, yeah, bro. This uh, great, yeah. I, I did a film. So we filmed in Montreal last year. And um, a few, and they had, he had acts over from uh, the UK and some acts from Canada as well, from South Africa. And um, yeah, so we all just filmed little bits. Uh, and so that should be going up 
this week. So they're putting out episodes. So if you have the LOL network, then you can download the app. And again, it's like, you know, there's someone, again, he's involved in the art and mm. um, yeah, being aware of changing technology. So Kevin Hart has the streaming service. It was the LOL network and yeah, trying to, you know, have his stamp on comedy. And uh, yeah, so you can find myself and a lot of good acts on there. Mm-hmm. And then also filmed um, at a comedy store for Comedy Central and that's out on the 22nd of August. So yeah, so look out for that, man. So um, yeah, it's the, uh, the Torrent Fix. I didn't get to meet Kevin Hart. So, so they were aware, but, um, he's very <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I did get to meet Tony Rock, who's Chris Rock's uh, brother. Yeah, and also his cousin is a comic called Sherrod Small as well. So again, I was like, oh, almost, almost there. <laughs> and, 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 and they're great comics and stuff yeah. as well, man. So um, and just met like a few like great acts. Like there's another guy called uh, Lisa Mandinga, who is now going to be on um, uh, World's Best, which is like a new uh, talent show for like global talent. So I met yeah. him out there. Uh, Robbie Collins, another dude who used to uh, he does a uh, great comic and also. Uh, open for Trevor Noah on tour as well mm-hmm. um, and oh and then randomly was in a hotel and I saw Tretch from Naughty by Nature really oh, yeah, yeah. Sick. who again was legend. going yeah, yeah legend oh. and he was going to Russell Peters' party so oh, yeah. yeah and Russell obviously oh. Russell Peters being from Toronto and like I said being the first comedian I saw so yeah nice uh, full circle and um, yeah so that should be out soon and yeah that was a real fun experience and uh, you know for someone that was kind of weaned on North American comedians like to perform alongside them and, and mm. see those kind of guys it was like it was a massive opportunity and uh, so yeah ch- just to check that out man and um, yeah I just think yeah that's a, that's a, I think it's a real big perk of the job is like a lot of travelling and stuff and I, I can't stress that and it's, it's tough don't get me wrong like going to Australia is like a 23 hour flight is mad but then once you do that it's like you can handle any flight yeah. basically mm. and, uh, and and also I, I do get concerned about plain food I eat it constantly but then those are, those are the only two things but like yeah I, again I do enjoy the travelling and uh, yeah this I mean this year alone it's, I've been to Australia New Zealand Finland Estonia Germany Belgium Netherlands uh, uh, well the Arab Emirates uh, I've been to the States and um, yeah and I was hoping to do more of it as well man I mean I was supposed to do uh, South Africa to do the Johannesburg Comedy Festival it didn't happen this year but hopefully you can sort something out um, in the new year but yeah definitely want to do some work on the continent and uh, yeah so it just and that's something else yeah Africa, Russia and uh, and obviously the Indian subcontinent probably the only places on earth I haven't been to, oh yeah and S- South America so I want to get those done I mean yeah. I, you could say Antarctica but there's a very small scene there yeah <laughs> I'm sure there's a joke about a cold, yeah. cold crowd but we won't yeah, go exactly, in there exactly you know I read this week as well yeah, yeah. like in terms of evolution so you know obviously like climate change it means that like you see a lot of migration of like polar bears for example because yeah. their mm-hmm. habitat is like being reduced yeah. apparently they're moving down like south where like they are now m- mating with grizzly bears really yeah, yeah so polar bears and grizzly bears are apparently mating yeah to make a whole new like species Interva- interracial <laughs> interracial interracial yeah so they have interracial relationships and then uh, yeah so. so we really are regressing yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now you're gonna, you're gonna get these, you're gonna yeah. get these, these like brown growler bears yeah. growler bears that, that I hope are like gonna be bigger than both their parents <laughs> make a film that's make what I'm saying a film. So, so everyone in here is a part of the screenplay yeah yes. so now, yes. you know that no, there's that film Meg that's out Meg, now yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So now, obviously, we're going to yes. grow. There's up. a franchise in that because yeah, you know Sharknado. Up. Everyone was laughing about that. Yeah, we've got a franchise out of it. Five, there's like five films now. This is what I'm going to say to you. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah, like gr- it. Gr- Growler, Growler Bears. Growler Bears. <laughs> I like it. I like it. 
also sell the rights to XNXX or Pornhub or whatever because yeah. there's something there grown up there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds better than, sounds better than Pizzlies <laughs> Pizzlies Pizzlies oh yes oh, man, well thank you once again for coming on the show my pleasure man um, thank you for having me I appreciate you spending so much time with us as yeah. well because you are so busy you know I know management's literally outside crawling at the door now so um, I just appreciate you spending more yeah, than an pleasure, hour with man. us my pleasure and uh, you listener you've been privileged with more than an hour of Dane Baptiste this has been How to Kill an Hour you can check out everything uh, that we do at howtokillanhour.com we've got videos podcasts articles and everything I myself have been Marcus Bronzy I've been Funk Butcher I've been Dane Baptiste plenty of ways to kill some time out there thank you for killing some time with us planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods, for 50 to 80% less in similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.